evidence is clear, Iran's provocative actions threaten the United States, the region, and the world. The Trump administration is currently conducting a comprehensive review of our Iran policy. Once we have finalized our conclusions, we will meet the challenges Iran poses with clarity and conviction. Veterans have poured out their sweat and blood and tears for this country for so long, and it's time that they're recognized, and it's time that we now take care of them. It's time to make America great again. Join the movement. Caruso, the Neil A. Caruso Show, Show Podcast. Time to dream big. Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. All right, Wednesday, April 19, 2017. Welcome to the Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. Can you believe it? It is our 50th episode uh, it has been a wonderful journey to be along, and, uh, well, we've been busy every day doing our part to make America great again, and this is what uh, this podcast has all been about, is telling you what you need to know every day and uh, discussing the Trump agenda, uh, which we will do today, in fact, is go over it again, because today, uh, not only the 50th episode of the podcast, but it coincides with the 90th day of the Trump administration, and, you know, despite all of the nonsense rhetoric that you're hearing uh, in the media and there's a lot of back and forth and a lot of uh, debate from the other party, from the Democrats, you know, there's been a lot of success. Now, there has been challenges and we'll cover that and we always do and we cover it pretty fairly and I'm pretty happy with President Trump today because he took care of our veterans and something I had talked about, I've been talking about all 50 episodes, I pretty much have about veterans every, every episode and I think it was last week or two weeks ago, I said, you know, I haven't heard anything about it. If he doesn't get this done, I will be very disappointed in him. Well, I'm not disappointed in him. In fact, I'm probably wearing a sweatshirt as we're speaking, a uh, Trump Pence sweatshirt, that is, because he did something today that helped veterans. And uh, what he did, uh, in case you don't know, he signed an order, an executive order, um, the Veterans Choice Program Extension and Improvement Act, which is... Uh, in extension of the Veterans Choice Program, this is going to allow our U.S. veterans to receive private sector health care paid by the government. Exactly what Trump promised, we're getting for our veterans. So if they need to, if they want to go to a uh, private hospital, they can. The government will pay for it. This will resolve the problematic and outrageous wait times and bureaucracy at the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs with too many veterans committing suicide while waiting for care. Now, the suicide rate, I had to look this up today. This is unbelievable. I don't know if you'll believe it. The suicide rate among veterans has surged 35% since 2001. So, as I wrote earlier, this is a great, a stellar action by our president, one that uh, should be applauded and commended because... You know, our veterans, they go overseas, they fight for us. And then you have about 39,500 veterans homeless on a given night. You have veterans suffering with PTSD. Um, you know, uh, 
with uh, you know the suicide rate increasing dramatically since 9/11, and our veterans come back. Those are our heroes, by the way. You know, there's so much talk about athletes and looking up to uh, to the professional athletes and looking up to uh, certain leaders in the world. I think you could definitely, I, I would say without a doubt, because I don't really look up to athletes anymore because, you know, when you're younger, that's a big thing to do. But you can't be looking up to, you know, you'll always be disappointed if you look up to an athlete for some reason because they're going to do something that disappoints you in their personal life and really goes with anybody. I think without a doubt, though, the people that you can uh, be, uh, be admired by, look up to, or those who fight for our country. They come back, and they're dealing with a lot of mental health issues. Um, you know, uh, again, uh, PTSD. Uh, they come back without homes, uh, and they're lost. And frankly, they are our true heroes. Uh, and that's why I do a lot of charity work with veterans. Uh, so we must take care of our heroes. Now, the Veterans Choice Program was enacted uh, amid the 2014 wait time scandal. And you may remember where, uh, the, especially in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, was the big story uh, where the wait lines were so outrageous that veterans were literally, and they continue to, die online. And uh, you had uh, veterans uh, wait on wait lists. And there, was, uh, there had to be a lot of firings, and the VA had to really be revamped. Now, there are good VA hospitals. I know of one in uh, Northport, New York. But in the same regard, it's only as good as the veterans uh, for whom you treat. Now, the private care for veterans uh, will be, or under the Veterans Choice Program, which, is, which was enacted as a result of this 2014 wait time scandal, uh, private care for uh, veterans uh, was achieved for vets living within 40 miles of a VA hospital. One in five million vets since this was enacted have made seven million appointments. So now President Trump, he puts his uh, mouth to good use, puts his pen to paper today, signing this Veterans Choice Program Extension and Improvement Act to allow our veterans to receive private health care. The government will pay for it. But instead of waiting online at the VA, if they can receive better health care at a private hospital, as they deserve, they can get it. So I'm very proud of our president today. An excellent, superb job uh, by the commander-in-chief. And uh, apparently more is going to come out uh, tomorrow, and we'll continue to talk about this. Now, it is the 90th day of the Trump presidency. And so I wrote an article really in preparation for his 100th day, which is 10 days from now. That'll be on Saturday, April 28th. And then we'll have a big um, uh, show on uh, the Neil A. Kirsten show on Sunday, on April 29th, where we will go over the first 100 days, the successes, um, the uh, disappointments, uh, like healthcare. We're going to go over all of it on that show. That's going to be um, not this Sunday, but next Sunday will be... Um, following the 100th day. but So going through it today, and I started writing a, a draft of an article, and you know I made a list of all the things that have happened. And I wanted to share it with you because people forget how much action that President Trump has accomplished in just 90 days. And um, you know he doesn't get enough credit for it. He's working so hard at, at, and dealing with so many challenges. You know, he talked about foreign policy, which... We'll get to in a moment because uh, that continues to be the number one story is uh, dealing with our adversaries. Now, you know, 
the Middle East grabbing the headlines. Uh, but you look at what he's achieved. He's achieved more and probably helped more people in 90 days than President Barack Hussein Obama did in eight years. And I'm not exaggerating. Okay, you look at this. This week, the Buy American, Hire American pledge going into fruition, saying we are going to make sure that uh, foreign workers are not given priority over American workers and that we use American steel and we use American ingenuity and we invest in this country. Now, a lot of that is going to be into his tax reform plan. Now, now, if you want to talk about a challenge, this is where Congress, and I hammered on Congress yesterday, it, it, Congress is working, but I think I said it was, uh, what did I say, nine days? Yeah, they're only working eight days. I had to look that up. They're working eight days this month. It's ludicrous, okay? And so you have health care and tax reform on, you know, waiting to be dealt with, and Congress is not doing it. And, you know, I'm watching this morning uh, Lindsey Graham on cable, um, you know, saying, well, you know, Trump has uh, accomplished all this, and I'm so giddy that we got all the branches of government. I'm so—first of all, I'm so sick of Lindsey Graham. Second of all, um, if you're giddy about the fact that you had the Senate, you had the House, you got uh, Neil Gorsuch in a huge win for Trump and conservatives on the Supreme Court, if you're getting about all of that, then why aren't you working? Why is it that President Trump is working probably 20 hours a day, maybe even more, but let's say 20 hours, the guy is a complete workaholic and that's what we want as a president. You know, everyone has their flaws. His flaws, he works too much. It's a pretty good quality to have in a president and a commander-in-chief. And Congress, though, is working eight days. And they're getting booed at the town halls. Why? Because they've done nothing. And they continue to do nothing. They didn't use the power of the purse when Obama was raising the debt. Added more debt than all 43 presidents combined before him. They promised to repeal and replace Obamacare for over seven years now. Where is it? Didn't even go to a House vote. Now, the bill wasn't good, and I, I was very critical of President Trump uh, supporting this bill because I didn't think it was good. Now, maybe it's a negotiation tactic. Okay. But you're at a point where if Congress doesn't get health care and tax reform done, and they were saying that they would get it done by August, and President Trump, the way he is working, is very um, capable of getting... Uh, of getting these bills done by August if people worked as hard as he did. Unbelievable, okay? Um, and so, buy American, hire American. That's the, you know, the good branding. What does that mean? Hiring American workers over foreign workers, not giving out visas to unskilled workers that are going to take American jobs. Um, so you have that in terms of the economy. On the economy and jobs, he has done, I mean, tremendous improvement from the last eight years. I mean, think about it. All the jobs that came into our country. Big league. Big league jobs. Over $100 billion invested. Over 1.8 million American jobs being created. And, and others saved, by the way, that we're going to leave and go to Mexico and go other places. Uh, part of this now is though keeping the promises to those countries. I mean, listen, he picks up the phone and calls Ford and Carrier and tells them, you know, bring back American jobs and create jobs. Uh, the auto industry, tremendous. 
um, has been a uh, has been a big uh, support, but but they want profits too, and they'll leave if they don't come through. You know, the market has actually increased 12 percent since Trump's inauguration. Consumer confidence index at the highest mark since December of 2000. But all of this is predicated on the fact that President Trump is going to reduce the corporate tax rate to 15%. He's going to repatriate money that was sent overseas and bring that back here, tax it at a low rate of 10%, and invest in United States manufacturing. By the way, manufacturing jobs up 49,000. 49,000 manufacturing jobs created since January, and you have um, uh, coal, the coal industry cutting EPA regulations. Those jobs are coming back. 8,000 mining jobs created in Trump's first month. Um, so all of this in the economy. But tax reform, big part of that. Health care, huge. Okay? And health care is a lot of taxes that could be cut out. So you have all of these um, issues here that unless these two big pieces of legislation get passed, and they should be passed by August, frankly, I don't see what the big deal is. There was some report today that said uh, that tax reform would, uh, or excuse me, health care would possibly be uh, re-upped uh, again for some sort of uh, decision next week. We'll see. I don't, I'm not confident about it because Congress is not even working. Um, the regulations, executive orders to reduce business and Obamacare regulations, he signed the House Joint uh, Resolution 38 to help the coal industry. He's also negotiating to lower the prices of our F-35 fighter jets and Air Force One. He doesn't even want a new Air Force One. And, uh, you know, cutting bureaucracy, hiring freeze, and non-essential federal workers. Um, rejecting the Trans-Pacific Partnership that would uh, kill American jobs. Moving towards energy independence with the pipelines. The Dakota Access and Keystone XL pipelines made by American Pipe. Undoing Dodd-Frank and those... Regulations that are actually hurting the consumer from getting loans. Uh, you know, there were some Dodd-Frank regulations necessary. Yeah, sure. But there are uh, strenuous regulations here that have been placed on the small business guy. Uh, and then, you know, he has worked across the aisle as well. He's met with the Congressional Black Caucus. He's worked with inner city uh, school teachers and school leaders women's empowerment in the workforce, working with Elijah Cummings, a Democrat from Maryland, and pharma companies to lower prescription drug prices, dealing with the opioid epidemic. All of the these things that are really non-ideological, non-partisan, that there's so much resistance, though, from a party, a Democratic party, that is so decimated. When you have, they're getting booed at their own, I mean, talking about really, I mean, they're chanting for Bernie, they're chanting for socialism, and they, the Democrats, still have um, leftovers. You know, you have uh, Keith Ellison, the radical Muslim uh, Brotherhood uh, guy, okay, in there who supported uh, supported the Muslim Brotherhood, a terrorist organization. Uh, and you have um, Tom Perez, the new DNC chair, getting booed because they wanted a move towards socialism, which is unbelievable because. If you see the stories that's coming out today in Venezuela, protests erupting. There may be a change in government there for the better. You have a, um, a dictatorship that is 
feeding off of the hungry, literally, people in Venezuela sifting through garbage to eat, and uh, it's a socialist regime there, and so there's been protests, and it looks like there's some reporting, and, and maybe this will happen, the military uh, may not be, uh, maybe protesting the government may help to overthrow the dictator in Venezuela. And if that's the case, um, it'll be for the better. But, you know, they have uh, in Venezuela, just to give you a scope of that, because all these uh, political machinations are, uh, you know, that are also overseas and not necessarily in America, they happen to relate to us. I mean, you know, look at Brexit and um, and how uh, that whole uh, thing uh, really set a, um, uh, a omen for the Trump election. Uh, Nicolas Maduro is the dictator who has thrived um, since, you know, uh, Hugo, taking over for Hugo Chavez there, has thrived on, uh, on a secret police force, on his own personal um, vendettas. Uh, really a bad guy. You look at Venezuela's economy and social conditions, just to give you some of the numbers, Negative 14% GDP growth in Venezuela. Negative 14. A 482% inflation rate, an unemployment rate of 17%, a poverty rate of over 32%, a budget deficit of 39.9% of GDP, public debt of around the same number, and oil production and negative 10%. It's totally obliterated Venezuela, their economic system. And what did Bernie Sanders want to do? Socialism. Socialism does not work. And what scares me about the future of our country is that these, you know, young liberal snowflakes, they support Bernie Sanders and they support a movement toward socialism because they believe that capitalism is evil. They believe that if you make money, if you are successful, you are a bad person. This is what they believe. Seriously, I asked them. What I have asked people, what's wrong with capitalism? Give me a give me an answer. And they just say, well, it's corrupt, and the banks, and they run everything, and everything is rigged. It's unbelievable. It really is. Um, and people are in favor of taxing people up to ninety percent. There's a professor that was on Tucker Carlson's show uh, yesterday saying that she wanted to tax just the top 1%, you know, just the people who earned a lot of money because they worked their asses off because they're hard workers. Let's just tax them. They, didn't, they don't deserve all that money. So let's tax them 90%, throw it in a bureaucratic mess, and let the government spend our money. You shake your head because the government doesn't really do much right. Unless your government is better, you know, we need the people. That's the way it's supposed to be. Um, and so cutting bureaucracy, a big part of Trump's first 100 days, first 90 days at this point. A five-year lobbying ban, by the way, on um, people in government. And uh, on lobbying on behalf of a foreign government for those in his administration. And then you can get to immigration. Enforcing our laws, deporting the criminal legal aliens that include MS-13 gang members that are just getting the attention 
by the mainstream media that, oh, yeah, we have thousands of MS-13 gang members. And by the way, where are they coming from? El Salvador and Guatemala and Honduras. Um, in fact, Venezuela, what was the comparison uh, that, I, that I read? Um, Venezuela and El Salvador, oh, I think their, uh, their murder rate or something like that is, yeah, it's a murder rate, is actually as high as El Salvador. That they're the closest, they're the top two in the world. That's scary. And then, of course, deporting the murderers, rapists, and drug dealers that are in this country from all over. They don't belong here if they are criminals and they've been deported multiple times. Um, so, and we're gonna, we'll, I wanna go over a story about a deportation in a moment. I'll get to that. Um, the border wall taking applications for the construction of it. Meeting with over 30 foreign leaders, including strengthening our relationship with Israel, negotiating art of the deal with China to deal with North Korea, which uh, gets dangerous, more dangerous every day in terms of um, how they are uh, prancing around with these uh, nuclear weapons that they have that the Obama administration and probably goes back to Bush, too. I mean, every administration has just appeased North Korea and they've gotten to be much stronger than they were 10 years ago. And so now this is a situation that President Trump has to use a little muscle and a little diplomacy and a little maneuvering to deal with that. And China controls most, most of North Korea's economy. Um, you know, targeting the drug cartel is another piece of this Trump agenda. And then in terms of foreign policy, a little bit of a shift because of the whole Syria situation when chemical weapons were used on children and innocent people that it changed President Trump, that he had a little change of heart there. And uh, he said, we have to send a message to them that we're not going to deal with these human rights violations. You know, 10 chemical weapons attacks um, just uh, since 2013, with more than half of them uh, the Syrian government responsible for. Uh, so all of this, part of the Trump agenda, and a lot of accomplishments, really a lot of accomplishments, a couple of things, little bumps in the road, dealing with health care and tax reform, hopefully we get there. But the guy has worked his butt off, and Congress is, frankly, not doing, uh, not doing the same. Um, so in terms of immigration, because the media loves to make this such a controversial issue, um, the, he the headlines the last day or two, you have a pro uh, protected dreamer. You know, the uh, DACA Act that, uh, you know, children, uh, deferred action uh, for children uh, that are uh, immigrants that were the refugees or, or came in here illegally. If they were in here at a certain age, they're young, that they're allowed to stay in here, and by extension, their parents. Now, this is a dangerous law. This was enacted by... Uh, President Obama, um, and there's a story about a uh, illegal, uh, a DACA uh, dreamer, so-called dreamer, what they call them, and the story is is that this kid, you know, he ha has protection to be here, and he and oh, I, oh my God, oh, Trump is Trump said he wasn't going to touch dreamers, and now he's being deported. It's they're rounding up people. This is the outrage. Okay, then you look into the kid's record. And he's got four convictions. 
He's no angel, okay? DACA, just because you're here as a child, and okay, we have some sort of sympathy, although I do not support DACA, okay? And I wish Trump would kind of, I wish Trump would get, you know, get rid of this. But it's the law right now, so I support law and order. The problem is, just because he is a child that is supposed, that is protected under this, uh, DACA Act, um, if you commit a crime, we have to deport you. You're a criminal now, a legal alien. Four convictions with one three months ago. We cannot afford, folks, to protect lawlessness and preventable crime. It's just not compassionate or sympathetic to protect young criminal illegal aliens at the hands of innocent Americans, of whom the Constitution uh, protects rights. And deporting criminal illegal aliens should not be controversial. If you commit a crime, you do the time. If you're an American citizen, you go to jail. And if you're here illegally and commit a crime, you shouldn't be here. And you should be doing... we got to move to a place where people are coming in here into a legal process. And then it's not controversial. Now, uh, yesterday... We had told you about this terrorist attack, ISIS terrorist attack uh, that occurred, uh, where the uh, man, this was in Fresno, California, and the terrorists shouted Allahu Akbar, which means God is great in uh, Arabic, excuse me. And um, now, I didn't realize because, you know, I get my, I have my sources that I get stuff from, and I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, I'm not reading, I, I read everything, right? The guy said, the police report read that the guy shouted Allahu Akbar. But what is the media, it's unbelievable, I'm seeing, I didn't see until after we recorded the podcast yesterday that there was a, you know, some outlets were, were saying that he shouted God is great. No, he didn't. He shouted Allahu Akbar, which means, translates to God is great. Huge difference here, and this is where context is important and full reporting is crucial. And they decided to write, a lot of them, the AP even, Associated Press wrote, um, that he said God is great. No, that's not what he said. Now you're making an implication that he was a Christian. He was a radical Islamist who wrote hateful things about white people on Facebook and said it out loud. And it was, it is a hate crime against white people. It is radical Islamic terror they shouted Allahu Akbar, and if you look at his Facebook page, it is straight his comments about white people, about Christians, straight in the ISIS playbook. And until we recognize that this ideology of radical Islam is is very um, uh, dangerous to say the least, but can be infiltrated among Americans, until we realize that and deal with the ideology problem, we are never going to solve ISIS. Now, luckily, President Trump bombed them in Afghanistan and killed uh, about 100 ISIS militants in an ISIS stronghold in Afghanistan, which was necessary because we have to eradicate and defeat ISIS on the face of the earth. That's been a campaign pledge, and that's what we must do is to promote and maintain our American values. So, when you have a war on America and radical Islam 
has launched this. It is necessary to deal with the ideology or, as we see it, they are coming into our country. They are here. Okay, They are inspired by ISIS. And the problem is, you know, they're going to start, as they do in the Middle East, they're burning, uh, burning down churches. They are, you know, killing innocent children. They are decapitating Christians and Jews. They are decapitating journalists. Okay, so for all the people on the, you know, the free press, if you don't deal with this ideology, they're going to decapitate journalists here. They're, what, what do, by the way, what do anarchists do when they want to overthrow a government? The first thing that they do is, as always, they go after the media. They seize the media so that they can, can, can control the information and the propaganda machine. So it goes to show you, though, the power that the media has. They're so influential that they are the first target from uh, an extremist group that wants to overthrow a government. And, you know, the difference in the context of just saying uh, radical Islam, because otherwise you're generalizing about all Muslim people. No, we're dealing with radical ones. We're dealing with Sharia law. We're dealing with persecution of Christians and Jews. We're dealing with, um, you know, not allowing women to drive or have any women's rights. And they want to bring it here. They don't want to assimilate. So that is um, that is the real uh, scare here and the big concern that all Americans should have. But the coverage from the media is that he said God is great. No, he didn't. He said Allahu Akbar. Big difference. And then the, the Dreamer coverage, I mean, is unbelievable because he had four convictions. The headline should be, if there's any story there, Trump enforces the law, committed four convictions at such a young age, and he's gone. That should be the headline, not child gets deported under Trump's heinous policies. Cue the dramatic music on that, right? Another story that I just saw today, which is, Really disgusting, and this relates with this whole radical Islam. This has been totally ignored, and I just saw it today, which is unbelievable. That I just saw it. Um, on, what was it, April 13th, uh, the federal government uh, made a policy announcement that uh, officials revealed that they had uh, charged a Muslim doctor... The name uh, is very hard to pronounce, and most media outlets, if they did cover it, did not even publish the name. But um, the doctor's name is uh, Dr. Uh, Wamana Nagarwala, whatever, okay? I don't know. She was performing female uh, genital mutilation of American girls. Now, that's illegal, that is heinous. That is brutal and disgusting. And this doctor was doing female genital mutilation, a, um, a, a traditional, very traditional conservative Muslim practice and other religions, but uh, it's Sharia law especially. Um, and this is, by the way, the, the purpose of... Female genital mutilation, you know, sewing up the vagina uh, so that you cannot even physically have sexual intercourse, 
is a power play by radical Islamic leaders uh, who endorse this institution to keep women subordinate to men, that they must abide by men and do what they're told. This is absolutely abhorrent. And uh, officials said that they found this being practiced on American girls' victims in Michigan. Now, this was not reported on at all. I just heard about this today, which is disgusting. Now, okay, to be fair, some outlets, meant, you know, they did cover it. But how did they cover it? Not really well. Uh, April 13th, the New York Times posted a 637-word article on page 814 about the Michigan doctor, in quotes, without mentioning Islam or Muslim, or mentioning radical, mentioning that she was a radical Islamist that was doing this for her faith, that she was using, as a doctor, believed in genital female mutilation because it dealt, it, it, it was a cornerstone of her faith and that she's imposing her radical Islamic views on Americans over American values of r respect for women. And then, in you know, the Washington Post, they ran a 760-word online article about a, quote, Detroit emergency room doctor and just a four-paragraph AP report in the newspaper about a Detroit area doctor, neither article mentioned radical Islam at all. The Hill, same thing. They hid the role of the imported Islamic ideas. And Politico, no mention of the Muslim doctor's name. Did not even mention the name. So you can't even figure it out on your own. No TV network covered said that it had to do with the religion. And this is the problem, folks, is that it's not all Muslims. I never said that. I talk about radical Islamists. But they're imposing an ideology. And it's very critical that we deal with that ideology. And if no one covers it, people are going to assume it's all Muslims. Unless you deal with the radical part of this ideology and get these people the hell out of here. So they're actually the ones to blame for the generalizations that have been made about Muslim people. It's This is a critical thing to talk about. And if you want to talk about how women are being treated in women's rights and you have the women's marches and them, you know, wearing, uh, you know, uh, hats on their head that resemble the female biological representation of the anatomy okay on their heads literally walk around the streets with this disgusting display and they blame president trump for misogyny and all this stuff and all you have to do is look at a radical islamist who imposed genital mutilation and abhorrent practice on young girls victims in our own country that's what you have to look at is when they impose their faith on us. You want to play separation church and state? Well, you know, but you, but all of a sudden, you know, because the the Muslim, because it fits your uh, political uh, agenda, you have to make the separation. You have to separate between radical Islam and uh, Muslim people. And listen, most Muslim people are good. I'm not denying that. 
but you're dealing with a situation where uh, radicals are using the the fact that we don't make the distinction clearly. Most don't. They're using that to their advantage to impose such heinous acts on on Americans, and this is being done in a in a doctor's office. And then you have the radicals that are shooting up the nightclubs and the Boston bombing and on and on. Um, so, you know, it's important that these things uh, get covered widely. Um, on a, so listen, successful first 90 days, um, you have, um, you know, a lot of hard work being done at the White House, a lot of uh, success, uh, some you know, in terms of ISIS and defeating this radical ideology, by the way, President Trump has moved forward with this. He has a plan on his desk to defeat ISIS from General James Mattis and his defense team and his National Security Council. Um, there's also, so, you know, he has that plan that's being put in fruition. He is sent the bomb on Afghanistan where ISIS has been an ISIS stronghold since 2015. Now, foreign policy, though, uh, it seems like Russia's complicit in the Syria attack, and they are, uh, from the latest news, I mean, it seems like uh, Russia is defending Assad. So you got that situation. So that that's not going well. So much for Trump getting along with Russia and making deals. Um, and, you know, you have North Korea really pushing buttons and really causing issues for us. Um, and so this is... We're being met with so much resistance, and the problem is you have an increasingly scary world that is after the United States, and we have to really we have to come together at this time. Now, with all the successes that I went over, the New York Times today, first 100 days of horror is the opinion pages today. But... They can't back it up with any facts because if you look at the facts, more people have been going back to work. Veterans today being helped. Thank God. Thank you. In fact, um, let me let you, because I didn't play this before. This is uh, the president of Veterans Today at the White House. Uh, the veterans have poured out their sweat and blood and tears for this country for so long, and it's time that they're recognized, and it's time that we now take care of them and take care of them properly. That's why I'm pleased today to sign into law the Veterans Choice Program Improvement Act. So this is called the Choice Program Improvement Act. Speaks for itself. This bill will extend and improve the Veterans Choice Program so that more veterans can see the doctor of their choice. You got it? The doctor of their choice. And don't have to wait and travel long distances for VA care. Some people have to travel five hours, eight hours, and they'll have to do it on a weekly basis, and even worse than that, it's not going to happen anymore. This new law is a good start, but there is still much work to do. We will fight each and every day to deliver the long-awaited reforms our veterans deserve and to protect those who have so courageously protected each and every one of us. So we've made a lot of, a lot of strides for the veterans. These are like the most incredible people we have in our country as far as I'm concerned. And they have not been taken care of properly. No, and they are the most incredible people in the world. If you ever get to talk to a veteran uh, for a long period of time like I have, where you can sit down with them and you just listen to them, 
listen to their stories uh, and listen to what they've gone through, their family life, why they went into service. A lot of them said, I really just never gave it any other thought. I always wanted to serve. Others have a story to tell or it's a tradition in their family. Incredible people, all of them, they really are. They're the best among us. We need to support them. And that's been a big theme of this show, supporting those who support us, helping our heroes. Um, and, you know, I talked about yesterday, hard work always paying off. Not getting into the snowflake mentality of poor me and whining. And always just working hard. It's what we're doing. And that's what you guys, I mean, listen, the whole message here. So you got to believe in yourself. And anything is possible. Think big, dream big, because why not? You live one time, and you have to do your part to make a difference. And the, and the problem is we will never, ever in this country achieve 100% peace unless, because there are going to be political disagreements, but we've gotten so far down the tubes that there is no agreement that what they're doing to Trump is absolutely disgusting. They want to ruin him. They want to embarrass him. They've been wanting to impeach him since before he was inaugurated. And that's just not ha that's not the right public discourse. And people don't agree with each other. I mean, listen, I've been called every name in the book that I'm so insensitized by it. That if someone, you know, curses me out, I laugh because it's so I, I'm like so used to it. That's not good, folks. We need to move past that. We need to be able to get to the point that we are able to have constructive debate, that we are able to move on with our lives and not be consumed uh, by petty debate and political games. And really, President Trump's not a political figure. He's not, an, he's not rooted in ideology, and this is why we have to drain the swamp, which is another big campaign promise, and hopefully we move towards that. And then we get rid of people. You know, Mike Pence said today um, that we need uh, to uh, establish peace in, around the world. And America is going to play a role in that in terms of promoting that peace and our American values and everything we stand for. And we have to make sure that, number one, we love our country. I ended the um, podcast on that note yesterday in terms of Saluting our flag and respecting our flag and what it stands for. We have to, number one, love our country. It's like you can't love someone else unless you love yourself. And you cannot promote peace. You cannot be everything that America stands for unless you love America first. And unless you put America first, love the country, understand that everybody has flaws, every institution has flaws, but we are the best country that God ever created, that if you can wake up blessed to be in this country every day like I am, that we have freedom, true freedom, and true solidarity, if you can recognize that, then people that you politically disagree with don't seem that bad after all. Compared to what radical Islam is doing, compared to nations like Saudi Arabia and Iran and others. And 
By the way, Iran, Rex Tillerson today, uh, talking about the Iran nuclear deal. Now, unfortunately, because the Iran nuclear deal is done, okay? Um, I don't think it could ever be repealed. Iran took advantage of us. They, they, they really did a job. A real butte, okay? We sent billions of dollars to the largest state sponsor of terrorism in cash on a plane when they had American hostages. Thanks, Barack Hussein Obama. Billions of dollars to terrorists. We know that that money got sent towards terrorism. As of today, Rex Tillerson saying, listen, we're reviewing every single deal, whether it be with Iran, whether it be reviewing Congress, whether it be reviewing um, uh, reviewing uh, trade deals that President Trump has made a focal point of his campaign as well, his presidency. But you have a situation where we're, we're in a mess in the world that if only we could just agree on one thing that America is great, that we love our country, then we'd be so much better off. We really would be. There's only thing we need to agree on is that America's great. And then we can truly uh, focus on the things that matter and have the policy debates, but people don't like to do that. Um, by the way, on a, on a later note to end the show, Jeb Bush, you know, weak Jeb Bush, you know, Jeb, your mother should run. <laughs> I get nostalgia looking back at this campaign. My mother's the best. Oh, yeah, Jeb, maybe your mother should have ran more energy than you. Uh, Jeb Bush had some energy. Him and Derek Jeter, the Yankees great, uh, going in to buy the Marlins, it seems. I'm a big sports fan, so I wanted to mention that. And it involves a politician. Jeb's out of politics now, apparently. So, anyway, we'll uh, continue. Our 15th episode is done, folks. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll continue on everything that we stand for on this podcast. Freedom, the American way, hard work, dedication, motivation, and everything to make America great again. We'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless you, and God bless America. The Neil A. Caruso Show podcast is a production of Caruso Enterprises. Engaging, informing, and entertaining. Passion-driven, factual content that makes a difference following Neil A. Caruso on social media. And log on to neilacaruso.com to sign up for Caruso's comments, newsletters, and be the first to know.